Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Making a whip of cords, he drove them all with the sheep and oxen out of the temple. He poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. This morning, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we heard the righteous anger of Jesus. Or at least that's how it's preached a good bit of the time. I've heard many sermons many sermon in my time that said, well, it's okay. See, it's okay to get angry if certain situations dictate it. These sermons often look to Jesus as an innocent, righteous one and those who sell the livestock and change the money as godless heathen. But there's something in this look that this particular look at the gospel often takes for granted. We assume that the sellers of livestock and the money changers are in fact godless heathen who are willfully and with intent on purpose defiling the temple. But what if those godless heathen are not godless heathen at all? Now let me explain with a little more background what's going on on today's gospel before we answer that question. Today we meet the gospel of John at the feast of the Passover. The Jewish feast that remembers the escape from slavery in Egypt. The Passover remembers the night when all the Israelites killed their best lambs and covered the lentils of their doorposts, the tops of their doors, with the blood from that lamb so God would pass over their house and spare the lives of their male infants. Now in doing so, the wrath of God, as I said, passed over the house of the Israelites But it did not the Egyptians. So only the sons of the Egyptians were taken. So on Passover, it was required as an act of remembrance that the Israelite would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and present an animal to the temple priest so that he could make the required sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, depending on a person's stature, someone might offer a pigeon, a sheep, or a head of cattle. And if a person had to come from far away, another continent, to make the pilgrimage, it was not possible to bring livestock along on the journey. So the pilgrims were forced to purchase livestock once they arrived in Jerusalem. But there was yet another obstacle to this. Jewish law forbid it to use Roman currency within the boundaries of the temple or in any dealings that involved the practice of Judaism. So money from these four corners of the earth had to be changed from Roman to Jewish or temple currency done at the temple as well. So on its face, there's nothing at all godless or heathen about all of this. These practices were thought out, were approved with the expanse of the Jewish population to the four corners, to different continents and the demands of temple practices Concessions had to be made. People had to be accommodated if this cultic temple practice of sacrifice was to be continued. And the temple workers who sold the livestock and changed the money were doing only what they were told or allowed to do. 
They were only providing a necessary service for the greater good of Judaism. Not bad guys at all. But yet Jesus turns their tables over and runs off their wild beasts, their livestock. Several interesting points arise. The most obvious point is that perhaps what Jesus was actually angered over was systemic. That is to say, Jesus was angered not in an individual or a group of individuals, but at the systems in place to maintain the practices of the temple. It was not that temple worship was evil. No, no, no. Jesus, time and time again throughout the gospel record, directs persons to the temple priest. Go show yourself to the priest. Go wash and show yourself to the priest. He lives fully into these cultic Judaic practices. Rather, it is the practices of the temple that have become distorted, had become twisted from their original meaning and intent. So what was once good and holy, what was once pleasing to God, had become something that was not. And of particular interest to us, this Lent, is the actual merchants in the temple. The folks changing money and selling animals for sacrifices. They too had become distorted, twisted from their original objective of providing a necessary service for the faithful. Instead of serving the temple, they began to allow the temple to serve them. I'll say that again. Instead of serving the temple, they began to allow the temple to serve them. Instead of feeling and acting that they owed God something, their very lives, they began to feel and act that God owed them something became a place not of contemplation and prayer, but of commerce. So while they remained practicing religious folk, their idea of what true worship and service was began to get skewed. These people became self-serving instead of selfless servants. Now what makes this so difficult is that it is hard to tell what's going on. These merchants in the temple were wrapped up in the middle of wrapped up in the heart of their faith. They were probably some of the more dedicated folks around if you saw them. And in being some of the more dedicated folks around the faith, they also were in greater danger of losing their own faith by distorting it and twisting it. So this passage from the Gospel of John becomes even more pressing for us today. If the danger was present then, it is present now here among us. Ask yourself the question, do I owe God something when I come here or does God owe me something? Do I serve the church or does the church serve me? Now, I feel relatively certain that none of us are going to admit openly that we think the church should serve us and our needs first and foremost, perhaps only. Most likely, we will not even admit that to ourselves. For that matter, many people who think God, the church, owe them something do not even really know they feel that way. It's subconscious. It might take our Lord turning over a few tables, releasing the wild beasts for us to become aware of this at all. 
Something else for us to think on. Questions to chew on this week. To answer this question, servant or served? Is church a priority in our lives? If it is farther down on our list of things we do, then church might have gone from a place where we be servants of the church to a place where the church serves us when we feel we need it or when nothing else gets in the way. Do we look at worship, our time here, as an obligation to God? Or do we see it as a tool, an activity that makes us feel better, that meets our needs, that affirms us? Is the parish, is our common life and our common liturgy a springboard for ministries, first and foremost? Or do we expect ministries to be provided us from the church? Do we give to the church as you would give to God himself? Or is giving in this place only one more in a line of charitable contributions? Now to put it bluntly and succinctly, do you expect to give more to God than you get? Or do you expect to get more from God than you give? This whole idea of becoming like the merchants this morning is a very slippery slope, brothers and sisters. It is a fine line we walk between servant and served. Truth be told, we are at one time both the same and the other. We are both servant and ones who are served. So it is not that we drop off the edge of a cliff into an abyss of distortion. Rather, we slide down the slope into the mire a lot of times unknowingly. Lent is the unleashing of the wild beasts in the temple. Lent is the turning over of the tables. Lent is supposed to awaken in us our true selves. Lent is supposed to cause us to look at hard things in our life and at the same time give us courage. Examine your souls this Lent. Think about the merchants and the temple in St. John's Gospel. Recall they were not godless heathen, but were faithful near the heart of Jewish faith, near the heart of faith, yet fallen and distorted, most likely unknowingly. Do not shy away from asking yourselves hard questions. Do you seek to serve the church or do you seek to be served by the church? Our brothers and sisters, let us pray, one and all, that we have the grace of God and the courage to overcome those things which seek to drag us into the mire of those who sought to be served. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.